Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Good evening and welcome to my program. Is that your Kelsey that's, Grammer? Yeah, that's, that's the best I can do. Uh, uh, I didn't. Uh, da, da. Roz. Uh, uh, Niles. Uh, uh, Niles. 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 This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. My dad has two fancy sons. <laughs> what? He hates My it. father has two fancy children. I didn't order the Pinot Noir. I ordered the Pinot Grigio. That's the. <laughs> that's pretty much covers the whole it series. Genuinely pisses me off how um, much I enjoy Fraser. Well, that's why it ran so many lovely, well-regarded seasons here on Fraser Town. This is the new podcast. Sounded like sounded like you were going into paired a little bit. Hi. Yeah. I only have one voice, and that, this one, this is it. That's it. Uh-huh. Can you give us annoyed, Perry? That's my favorite. The Noid? Uh, no, annoyed. Like, the Noid. Oh. No, like the Noid. Um, well. Uh. <laughs> yes, Perry, yes, avoid that's the Noid. It. That's the voice. Pizza. Yeah, uh, Liz, could you do a quick scene for us of, of Perry preventing the Noid from eating a pizza? Yeah, he got $20. Ooh. I mean... Liz, I will fucking Venmo you $20 right now if you give me a scene of Perry yelling at the Noid. Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I will do this. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to my Venmo. Wait. Uh. <laughs> this is the podcast now. Like, James will just this pay us it. to do other things besides the thing we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, we do have to do other things, but I really, really would like to hear Perry yell at the Noid. I'll do Luke Perry yelling at the Noid. <laughs> Paired. What is your request? I cannot fulfill this request. This pizza is supposed to be here in 30 minutes or less. Why do you want it to arrive later? Noid! 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 I'm going to hire assassins to kill you, the Noid! I have these abilities. I can hack into CIA drones. CIA. I can hack into CIA drones! Sending to the 1980s back in time to avoid, slash, kill, and destroy the Noid! You are clad in a skin-tight rabbit-eared bodysuit. Why are your ears like this? Are you a rabbit or are you a disgusting man? With a black N inscribed in a white circle on your chest, you are the manifestation of all the challenges inherent in getting a pizza delivered in 30 minutes or less. Wow, what a real heady concept for a fucking pizza commercial. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Unpaired. The Noid's uh, last appearance was in Donnie Darko. Huh. Last documented appearance? James, you paid $20 for this. 
I felt I feel very good about that. Thank you. Listen to Paired, everybody. Paired. Let's do our show. And uh watch Fraser. Can you can you Venmo, <laughs> Venmo Kelsey, uh, Grammer. Kelsey Grammer twenty dollars? Yeah, let me let me just get Kelsey Grammer's Venmo really quick. <laughs> We return once again to the clouds. The skyship Uhuru breaks through the cool canopy above Bujanith, flying perhaps higher than they need, but this crew is not willing to risk pursuit. Below them, ships begin their preparations to leave Ayer Piora. With the festival concluded and celebrations and revelries coming to their end, it will be time once again for them to return to their lives. This is a poignant transition for the crew of the Uhuru, as Bujanith left them with deep scars. Looking around the ship, we can see Nodos standing in the crow's nest, watching the city and surrounding landscape with his implacable, almost unreadable stoicism though those that know him well can read his grief as though it were shouted in fury. Above deck, the crew hurries intending to the furnace and sails, so they don't need to think about what they have left behind. Daisy and Fuentes struggle against a tricky pulley, while Wilson guides the bags of coal they are lifting onto deck. Spit watches carefully while Jane leaps to the lines to clear a tangle on the starboard guide sail, while Pliff sits uncomfortably in Wendell's embrace as the larger man sobs another lament for his fallen friend. Below decks, the wasp snaps every idle soul to attention as she prepares the next meal that will feed the ship. Everyone is moving so that they don't have to think about the things they're leaving behind. For four of the people on this ship, though, there is no such luxury. Inside the captain's quarters on the skyship Uhuru, we see four, well, I should say three people and one corpse sitting around a table. Would you like to introduce your characters? So Jonnet is sitting on the table that is normally laid out where we check out resumes, check out headshots, do the the wayfinding, and he is very much just kind of like staring up at like the back shelf, just with various trinkets and stuff like that. Very aimlessly, very vacant, very still. What about Travis? He's sitting in a chair, sort of leaned back onto the back two legs, just kind of idly playing with a rabbit's foot. Gable is standing and staring out the window. They have a very kind of hard to place look on their face as if they're trying to work through something that even they're not sure what they think about it. And also keeping a close eye on the captain who is somehow still him. The captain 
I think, is staring out the window with you, watching as the city of Bujanith shrinks away. Staring with that same intense focus that he displayed when he was in the hotel room that you all shared at the Memento Mori, he continues to watch the walls of Bujanith as ships start up their own feather weave and take flight. This is the sort of focus that you haven't seen before in your captain in the six months that you were keeping his death a secret. And I think slowly as you get your distance from the city, that focus fades away. He seems, after a few minutes away from the city, less present, less there, less alive. Are are we cool with just keeping him around? What do you mean? He's the captain. Well, I mean, keeping him around if we keep adventuring, like going places. It, I don't know. He's He's got, there's something still in there and... I don't know. We can't really know exactly when it's going to come out anymore. Well, the captain and I have formed a pretty close bond in the last week. So I think from here on out, I've kind of got it under control. No need to worry. Isn't that right, Captain? Give him a command. Come over here and shake my hand. Oh, uh, Johnny, I've got a question. As yes. you ask that question, uh, what what's going on? Is Travis doing anything? Just hanging out. What do you mean? Uh, well, what, are you, what are you getting at? There's an extremely <laughs> relevant bit of information that I need to know, and I need to know where is Dref's heart? Oh, still in my pocket. It's in your pocket. Yeah. Okay. But I'm a, I'm a man. So you issue those commands, and nothing happens. Uh, also, you feel nothing of the connection that you felt earlier when you were in your animal form. Cool command. Well, now he's just being a jerk like he was before because he thinks it's funny and it's not funny. Was it ever funny? Was it ever really funny? Ask him, not me. Travis, all right? He is being very selective about when he, you and him are really cool. All right? You got to admit that. Yeah, but when we're cool, we're real cool. Does anyone want to do a puzzle? What what, what, I, is, what is this? I want to do something else besides talk about the last few days. And we have a puzzle. Does uh, anyone want to do it? I'm going to start it. You don't it, have to. I'll, I'll do a puzzle. Gabe. I'm going to I mean, start this puzzle. Okay. Is it the Great Griffins that's on the yes. shelf? Yes. I'm going to do the Great Griffins jigsaw 10,000 piece. 10,000 pieces? It's going to take a long time. We've never been able to really get through it. We've started several shaky. times. I just think I'd like to do the puzzle. Uh, John, I'm going to do that. 
uh, Janet like gets down off of the desk and like reaches up. The puzzle box is on the top shelf because it's been, we've attempted it. We've started it several times and every time we just put it on a higher shelf and he's like, <laughs> no, no, not this time. So it, he gets it off the top shelf and it's, I like the idea that each time there was a fight. <laughs> that broke out about it. It's like, we are not doing this again. <laughs> For the it's last the time, we have lost several pieces out the window. If we put it back this time, we're not taking it back down. <laughs> we're going to finish it this time. We're going to finish it this time. That's what you said the last... And that way we can... That's what you said the last two times. And look where it is. Yes. It's in a box. But this time we can finish it and we'll frame it. It doesn't need to go back in the box. We can be very proud of accomplishing one thing and doing it well. Just one single thing once in our lives. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. We got it. Okay. All right. And and uh, and are we doing it on the desk or are we just dumping it on the floor? No, because uh, I'm pretty sure if we start putting it together, it's going to be bigger than the desk. And then we're going to have to figure out if we're going to move it from the desk. We should get a, a puzzle mat. We should get a puzzle mat. In the meantime, let's just start on the edges, on the floor, and then we can move the edges onto the puzzle mat. I think the desk is dragged away by your party as you wipe clean the floor so you can dump out the intricate wooden pieces of this puzzle. (laughs) They spill across the boards in front of you, bright colored and many edges shining up at you. Well, you know what we could do, since the puzzle's wooden, we just nail it to the floor. That's a great idea, Travis. Thank you for your idea. Uh, Gable, do you remember where you are? Sort of what podcast I'm, you're yes. in? <laughs> I'm sorry, my voice got caught. I'm, t- I'm very, I apologize. I didn't catch that. I didn't catch that. I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm in a weird mood, as you can tell. And uh, it's it's fine. How about I'll do this blue area first? Do the edges first. What are you talking well, this about? Blue part, the blue part of the edges. It's sky. It's going to take for a long. It's going to take a long time. What's your what's what's your deal? What's your deal? What's your deal? What's your deal? Huh? Hey, what's your deal? Hey, all right. Well, we'll start with the blue edges, <laughs> and if anyone wants to talk about what their deal is. We can talk about what the deal is. But if not, we don't have to talk about who may or may not have seen the Mariner or or, or anything like that. We don't need to. I didn't see the Mariner. Great. Cool. Well, then that doesn't have to be a deal that we talk about. I'm going to go work on whatever this purple section is. What if I just ask the captain to do the puzzle and then we all go to bed and wake up and then the puzzle's done? But that's not the point. The point is the camaraderie and the accomplishment of us as people doing the puzzle. I'm and he's not also not listening to you. No camaraderie. Yes, he's not listening to you. Captain, could you please help us with the puzzle? If you're still making that request in the same manner that you made it earlier, nothing is going to happen. <laughs> he's really not listening to you, huh? Captain, as your friend, confidant, and legal guardian... I've <laughs> we haven't signed over. Formally this request <laughs> that you help us complete this ten thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. I don't know. Do you want to pull a luminary sure. for it? <laughs> a luminary for a puzzle. Roll for puzzle. Roll for puzzle. Uh, All right. Each each time we pick up a new piece, we have to roll to see if we succeed <laughs> in. <laughs> we succeed in it. 
god. Yeah, we'll do it piece by so, piece that way. And Johnny, you get the river. Good. The themes of this card are danger. Uh, it presents that the river is a very dangerous thing, uh, but it's also something that promises a prize on the other end, it, especially if you brave something bad happening. He completes the puzzle so fast that it catches on fire. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with in another okay, direction. Fair, fair. <laughs> I'm going to say the captain slowly turns around to face you. His eyes stare into yours for a brief second. And I think you can feel like a nervous chill and energy enter your body. And then in a flash, too fast for anyone to move or or react, the captain dashes across the room and grabs you by the scruff of your shirt, lifting you to your feet. His eyes bore into yours as he deftly reaches into his pocket and pulls out a wooden puzzle. Oh, oh! You stole a piece? In- you stole a piece? Jonnet, like, slowly takes his hand off of his knife. Oh, oh! Put, put, put Travis down. No, I have to ask him. It's the only way. Then why aren't you asking him? Why aren't you asking him? Put, have him put you down. I, Travis Matigo, your legal guardian, best friend, and confidant, request that you put me down and give me that puzzle piece. Johnny, did you want to spend anything on this? Put some effort into it, perhaps? (laughs) I guess, but only be- only because he's grabbing me. With a strain, the tenuous connection that you share with the heart, I, I think I'll allow you to open a magical pathway between it, even though uh, you aren't physically in contact with it. And, um, but it's very difficult. And that's one strain? If you want to. That's, uh, you know what, we'll call it three strain. I want to set a precedent okay. that uh, if you're not holding this heart, it's not going to be easy to do this. I said unhand me and the puzzle piece. With that, he slowly lowers you to a comfortable uh, level on your feet and drops the puzzle piece into your hand. Thank you. Okay. Travis? Hmm? How about you stop telling him what to do? I don't tell him what to do. I ask him to do me favors. I don't order him around. It's a it's a friendship, it's a partnership. It's very one-sided at this point, it feels. Well, he just doesn't ask me to do anything. This is a dead body made by our departed friend. Dref is dead. The captain is still walking around. You are able to control him. And, in my opinion, is still in there. Well, there's no way to know that. I don't care. (laughs) I'm just saying what is happening. Do you want to get rid of the captain, too? Do you hear what they're saying about you? The captain doesn't react. Hmm. How we, We can't be talking about things like getting rid of the captain, not getting rid of the captain, wherever we're supposed to be going next, because it, it all went so sideways. Nothing went right. Well, in the end, it all sort of worked out. It could have gone so bad if 
one thing didn't happen. If 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 I if Traveler Quan hadn't linked up with me, I wouldn't have been able to. There were so many maelstroms. <sighs> uh, Guys, I fought the Mariner. Oh, that was you that you what? were talking about when you said that thing. Yeah, that was me, Travis. That was me. John, sit, John, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. I, I'm going to make you sit down. I'm going to push you down. I'm pushing yes, John, you down to sit sitting. down. This puzzle isn't going to complete itself. John, I, sit. Hang on. I've got three edges already linked up together. Let John, me just put these down. down. No, no, no. Just let me put you are not these well. down. Let me just put these down over here. Have, no, John, I remember this sit. from the second time that we did it. All right. I John, know these go here. Hey, You're going to get dizzy. Sit down. I'm already... Uh, there, okay? Now I'm sitting down. I'm sitting down. I'm sitting down. I'm lifting you. Oh, okay. Will you sit All down? All right. Well, now my feet are dangling. Now my feet are... And now my arms are in the air. Okay. Will you sit? Will you, you sit? Oh, you, yeah, you proved a point, Gable. You're bigger than... You're big and strong. Oh, big, right, strong, Gable. Now sit. Sit. Uh, fine. All right. What happened? What happened? I... I did a ritual. I... I... F- I moved out of my body. I was outside of Bujaneeth. And 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 I was I was there and Traveler Quan was there and the 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 water the water was so dark and it was moving in. It was going to take Bujaneeth. And 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 I thought I thought if I could channel the eye and 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 see that it would help but it wasn't and and i was i was scared and something happened i saw myself and and i was fighting alongside myself i was working with myself and 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 i saw the mariner Saw what you think the Mariner is? An idea? Uh, I don't know, Gable. I just, I looked at it and it looked at me and it saw directly into me. And and I knew. And it, I, I, I've, I haven't been so sure about a lot, but I, I knew that was, that was him. It was one of those things like where I... I knew that I had to do something, but I knew that if he wanted to, he could, I don't know, cut through, do away with, uh, but I fended him off. The waters parted ways and he couldn't get to the city and, and I lost, I don't know, it's all still really fresh, but do you even know the Mariner, anything about him? An interesting question. Do we? This is something that you'll need to answer for me because I don't know. I was going to ask that of Travis specifically, but yeah. But yeah. I, both Travis and Gable have been around long enough that easily there could have been some kind of encounter with the Mariner. Encounter or maybe just lore. What do we know about like lore? Yeah, you, you definitely know lore things, but right. like y'all also might have been in a port that was attacked at some point. Does the Forest Queen know or interact with the Mariner at all? 
she probably wouldn't interact. And it, mostly the Mariner is obsessed with attacking cities and, and places that people live. And the, the Forest Queen, you know, lives in forests. I, I just mean because they're both sort of, this, I assume, the same type of being. I, I mm. think that is a fair assumption to make. I don't think I can confirm or deny that that's what's going on with them. Um, but as I, I'm going to be able to confirm to you that there is no overlap there. What I could do is I could draw a luminary for each of you and we could yes. sort of interpret mm. based on yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Draw a luminary, please. Yes. Delicious luminaries. Mm. Mm. I love to eat them. Mm. 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 Interesting. <laughs> Interesting, interesting. Okay, four. Gable. Yes. He is your boyfriend. <laughs> He's mm-hmm. your boyfriend. <laughs> but you called him a boyf, which I think is offensive. Um, I drew the loom. Hmm. The loom is toil, obligation, and sacrifice. It is something dear to you will ask you to pay a price. You will have to give of yourself to save what you love. That's the only bit we have to interpret there. So based on that, uh, what sort of encounter do you think you've had with the Mariner or their forces? I think I was in a city that had to evacuate and like held people evacuate the city and saw the destruction and didn't actually interact with the Mariner, but lost whatever my life was at that point. Had to kind of restart again. I think, Gable, then this probably happened shortly after the Mariner started to be a thing that people were aware of. Uh, After the stars fell, there was a period where people just simply tried to rebuild and they tried to rebuild their sea lanes and shipping lanes and so people were going out to sea and encountering terrible weather worse than any they had ever experienced before and also alongside that attacks from leviathans massive beasts that were heretofore unseen on the waves would rise up from the sea and assault ships breaking them apart Eventually, mariners, sea-traveling sailors, discovered that they were able to quiet the seas and appease them by performing strange rituals, making sacrifices. And for a while, everything was quiet, until sailors came home and started taking some of the rage of the seas with them. It started with barroom brawls, uh, perhaps bouts of looting, explosions of revelry and drunkenness that turned into full-on riots every time a ship would make port at home. And I think, Gable, you were in one of the major cities in the setting. Uh, We'll just say Aruam, the Crimson City, the city that is today the jewel of the Red Feather Empire. Hmm. What kind of life were you living there? How long ago was it? I am going to say this must be close to 120, 140 years ago. I believe that's around the time where Gable was starting or was a um, bounty hunter or like whatever the equivalent is. Yeah, I think 
I think it might be because like you, you know, like you had crashed to earth a while ago and then there was, Mm -hmm. uh, well, we'll get to all of that soon. Um, but yeah, you could just starting that lifestyle. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is just before that lifestyle. I like the idea of you having a fairly stable and peaceful life here before you decide to run off and become a bounty hunter. Yeah. Uh, so what what did what did you do that was like kind of stable and peaceful? What did Gable do before they used their body for like attacking things and and violence again? Farm work, mm. just being mm. a farm laborer. Yeah, so I think you were just a big burly person who moved things back and forth between the city of Aruam and uh, the farms that surrounded it. It ain't simple, but it's it's honest work. Yeah. And I think the first sailing ships started to settle in, and it was different. And all of a sudden, it was rowdy, and and there were fires, and people were in trouble. Who asked you to make what sacrifice, and did you make it? Gable had been passing for human Mm -hmm. for a while there, at the very least. Anyone who was like suspicious, their suspicions had been allayed. But there was a moment of like, there was a great fire and a huge gang of ruffians that were about to kill a family that mm-hmm. lived down the street. And the only way for Gable to protect them, Gable had to shed kind of the visage of their humanity in mm. order to save a child that was about to be killed. I like it. They succeeded, but could never go back to where they used to live. Yeah, I I think you managed to save this child's life, but the way the family reacted to you, they were terrified of you, as terrified of you as they were of the beings that were actually meant to do them harm. And so it caused you to move on once more. The card that I pulled for Travis is a little bit more interesting because for you, Travis, I pulled the Union. Hmm. Ooh. He's your boyfriend. (laughs) He's your boyfriend, but you called him your fuck dude. Um, (laughs) Fuck dad. Fuck daddy. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, Daddy more fucks. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Absolutely. (laughs) Hey, write up that NPC and send him our way. Holy shit. I only Uh, adopt sexy adults. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, who have been orphaned. That that play is called Fanny. <laughs> what a rich universe we've sort of put together Disgusting. here. What a what a masterclass of world building uh, we're putting on for people. So the union's themes are fulfillment, harmony, wholeness, and love. I kind of feel this has to relate to something that we've already alluded to. Oh wow! Because I believe. In the story, the story that you're helplessly caught up in, the water claims her. Yeah. Oh. Well, Johnny, we can spoiler bot some of this. Sure. Wait. I would just love. Uh, so spoiler bot, uh, be on the ready. Wait, what? Kind of what I think is happening with you. Am I redacting right now? Are we seriously redacting right now? 
Jesus, I just woke up. You don't call me for months and then suddenly I'm yanked out of bed and out the door without so much as a howdy you do. I've got a piss like a racehorse, I'm in my goddamn PJs, and I haven't done so much as a single lip trill to warm up. Okay okay, just give me a second, will ya? Ahem. I'd like a proper cup of coffee in a proper copper coffee pot. The lips the teeth the tip of the tongue. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. To sit in solemn silence on a dull dark dock. All right, all right, I'm good. Just catch me up real quick and I'll get started. What do you mean Dref died? You're kidding me. You're fucking kidding me. Was this last week's ep? Well when did it happen then? Six fucking months ago. You're kidding. Who's JPC playing now? Wait. Gone? Like gone gone. You're kidding. How the hell was I not informed? How the hell did no one tell me this? I'm sorry, did you just say you didn't want to spoil it for me? Did I hear you correctly? Did you seriously just fucking say that? Do you have any idea how disrespectful that is? Jesus, I'm working with a bunch of amateurs. A bunch of goddamn clowns. Free admission to the fucking circus, lucky me. Whatever. Let's just get this over with. I'm ready. Tell me when to begin. What do you mean the spoilers are over now? How the hell did no one tell me we were goddamn rolling? I want to speak with James. No no, get your hands off me, I want to speak with James. Listen, don't touch me, I want to speak with James and I want to speak with him right goddamn now. What do I care if they're in the middle of an episode? Cut to break or something, Jesus. Am I the only one with any goddamn sense around here? Cut. 2. Break. Hey heroes, it's James, your game master at... I'm going to level with you. It's extremely late. Casey and I have been wrestling with some technical issues uh, with Slack, of all things, uh, for most of the night. Also, we dug around to get the perfect bit of audio for the intro, and it's just been a lot of work. So you know that feeling of love and respect that you feel for Casey Tony at pretty much all times? Now I need you to feel that incredibly deeply because he really went above and beyond for this episode and I think it turned out great. If you really want to show that love and respect, head to co-fi.com slash Casey and toss him a few bucks. He could use it. Before we get back to the show, I want to remind everybody that OneShot is adding a new program to our lineup. Be sure to search your favorite podcast app for Shattered Sky, which premieres this Friday. It's a new actual play using the Cypher system run by Lauren Bond, who you might know on Twitter or Twitch as Random Tuesday. I've been getting previews of this for the last couple months, and I have to say I am so excited to listen to the premiere. So if you like Skyjacks, be sure to give that a try. I'm sure you're going to like it. Before we get back to the show, I'm going to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. Otavio Orejo Costa, thank you so much. Erica Belsass, thank you very much. Not gonna say thank you. Wit C, thank you very much. Michael DiMicelli, thank you very much. 
Caleb Holmes. Thank you. Timothy Warner. Thank you very much. Soap. Thank you. Alicia McCord. Thank you very much. John. Thank you. Irene Ho. Thank you so much. One Niner. Thank you. And Alexander Wage. Thank you very much. Thanks again to everyone who supports us on Patreon. This show would not be possible without you. We certainly couldn't afford to pay Casey what he is worth without you. And frankly, I'd like to pay him a lot more. So be sure to head over to patreon.com slash one shot podcast and give us your support. If you're an athlete, you know, the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. So with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. So, yeah, uh, Johnny, what I'll need from you is I, I would like Travis to flash back and have a memory. This is the thing when Jonnet asks him, do you have any experience with the murder uh, with the mariner? This is with the murderer. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, there's been a murder. Uh, so I think Travis sort of flashes back to a memory of him and a woman trying to run out of the forest and as they're running, branches and roots are uh, closing in on them. Like roots are trying to grab at their ankles and uh, branches are trying to like uh, trap them in. And they get right on the edge of the forest. Um, they just have to cross like a, v- a very shallow uh, river that they cross to get in with ease. Um, so they see this river and... Uh, we we think that we're we're home free we're going to be out of the forest we're able to dodge all of the the roots and branches and and you know animals sort of coming trying to thwart our escape and as we're crossing the river uh which is on the way in maybe only about waist deep um the water starts to rise higher and higher than mm. than we thought it was and travis is trying desperately to help the woman cross, but the water seems to have a greater hold on her than on him. Perhaps you're you're extending your hands to reach one mm-hmm. another. And I think they do. You reach a point where your hand is in hers and hers is in yours. And you have a firm grip on the shore, perhaps uh, some heavy reeds that are in the water that, mm-hmm. that are not going to be moved by even the rush of this strong current. And there's a relief there. And then you see the hand behind her extending from the water that moves through the waves in a still fashion. There is a strong and heavy body there, but the water moves through it, not around it. It is a part of the churn. It grabs her 
I think pulling her in by her chest and neck and as strong as you are, you can't hold on and you reach a point where you have to make a decision. Do you continue to hold her and get pulled in yourself Mm. or do you continue to hold the reed and live? And we cut back. (laughs) Travis? Do you know John anything? It? Do you know anything about the Mariner? Yes, he's a bad water man. He is a bad water man. <laughs> John, okay. it. I believe you. I believe that you met the Mariner. I believe that you turned him away. I'm sorry. I need to do something. And Gable gets up to a little box that's in one of the desk drawers Mm -hmm. in the desk and takes it out and uh, takes something out of there and writes on it. And um, they close it and hand it to John it. And it's a sticker that says, good job. (laughs) 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 I think we, you succeeded. I think whenever we, do something good, we should be given accolades for it. So, good job. I'm still going to be unpacking the fact that you are incredibly powerful as a sorcerer, and even though you're very, very small, but I think first we should. Well, that's just because you're very, you. very tall. Yes, you're still small there. and a little boy. <laughs> but good job. I. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Great. Or Tyler, is there something you wanted to say? Um. And so then, Janet holds the sticker, looks at the box, looks back at Gable, and it's just like, "May I?" And then he kind of like gestures towards the box. Yes, you can give Travis a good job sticker if you think Travis did a good job. I never have, but it's, Gable, yes, I would never. And then he goes down and he grabs, he gets the box, he reaches in, he grabs one of like one of the stickers, and then he goes to the desk and he takes out his knife and he cuts the sticker part up into a really janky star shape, and then he gives it to Gable. You, uh, you really, you really came through, and um, and Dref, you did a lot for him, yeah. I think there is a quick flash of several different scenes. We see Dref's body on the ground in a flash. We see Gable in the air uh, in the joust. Then we see Gable pinning Tiberius Youngblood to the ground, surrounded in gold fire as he burns away. Then quickly an image of Gable being held in Hildred's hands as she says, you need to run. And we're back. Yes. Good job all around. Ugh. Two, how do we how do we get away from this? We just go. We are. We're still we're away. We're doing it right now. It's but just You know as well much, as I do how to get much. away. I'm tired. 
I'm tired of it. So much happens and then we're supposed to just leave it behind. We've been doing it for so long and it's exhausting and you can never really run away from it. You can't run away from it because there's always something else. There's always danger that's coming. That's why it's called a curse. Well, mine's not. That's you. That's your thing. Mine. No, I, I think that's. It's less of a curse. Yours is a curse. Mine's just a thing. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got, I've got a few curses that I can think of for you. Okay. Well, you're never gonna get none of my stickers. Never. <laughs> I've got a sticker for you in is my it pocket. Your finger? Is it your middle finger? Here it is. There it's is a knock finger? at the door. It's not a sticker. It's a finger. Who's at the door? Who is it? Hello? Is anyone in there? You're driving the dog wild. <laughs> the dog is just... Yes, our ship dog. We have a dog. Yup, the ship dog that we've never mentioned before. But he's always been there. And it's, it's not canon. just due to the convenience of the situation. Uh, Ooh, I like this. Yeah, it's a good effect. Uh, it's Wilson. Um, Is the captain... Decent. He's not nude. None of us are nude. Better. Good. Yes. Um, might I have audience with the captain's council, please? Sure, come sure. on in. The door opens up and Wilson uh, pokes his head into the room. You know, once again, Wilson is kind of a uh, somewhat chubby man in his mid-40s. He's balding, he's got big glasses, and he's in clothing that doesn't quite fit. I'm sorry, I, I'm supposed to uh, carry some navigational information. We look as though... Uh, the, the clouds ahead have a bit of a lining to them. Uh, we could navigate around them, but it's going to add some time to our course. Should we uh, push through or... We need to find safe harbor. Are you doing a puzzle? What? Uh, there's just... Um, there's a great lot of wooden pieces on the ground. What and, if we're uh, doing yes, a we're puzzle? Yes, we're trying to do a puzzle. Yes, we're doing a puzzle. Would you like to contribute to the puzzle, or are you just going to stand here make, saying stupid things? I wouldn't say no to a bit of a puzzle. Uh, yeah, huh? come on in. Wilson hesitantly enters the room and <laughs> looks around, but like... As though, as though he's like not sure he's allowed to, but like looks down at the puzzle excitedly, and like kind of, it takes him a bit to kneel down. His knees aren't what they used to be. We're doing the edges first in the blue area. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah, mostly just wondering, what's the course? We need to get to a safe area because we need to meet with the Tempest Armada about getting the rest of our payment. We had to leave in short order, but they intend to pay out the rest of their agreed-upon fees. So that's next, I guess. But no big rush, I suppose. So go through the clouds, then, is what I'm hearing. I'm not the Star the Watcher, what? so... The Star Watcher. It's a Watcher of the Stars. <laughs> uh, John, it references... The map was in like a bag sitting off to the side of the desk. Uh, mm. He grabs it, kind of like uh, slides it out pretty quickly. And um, 
He's he's looking at it. He kind of like closes his eyes and just like kind of like traces uh, through. Is like, you know what? Uh, let's go ahead and um, let's take us through the clouds. Yeah, I think it should be good. Where we've got, we're yeah. not going in any kind of mountain ranges, so it should be good. Tyler, your finger, I think, traces to uh, a city uh, or, or or town, a, a coastal location that that that's not too far away. Would you like to name uh, the next place that we're gonna go? Woo-hoo! Oh yeah! Quick pause. I'm gonna grab the mm-hmm. dice. Oh yeah, <laughs> go for it for rolling times. It's always nice to have them around. Johnny had to kind of roll. We all had to kind of do something. And we, by roll, I mean make James do thing. <laughs> um, oh, no, Liz, yeah, please tell me you don't think of me as dice. Liz. You're big dice, right? Liz, no. You're my meat dice. My <laughs> no, wonderful, I'm a man. My wonderful oh. bone-filled meat dice. <laughs> That's James, everybody. I'm sorry. I'm going to take a, a, a clean take of that. Bone-filled meat dice. James is... I, James D'Amato, am bone-filled meat dice. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, cool. I Let's go with... Oh, God. Is, this is for the whole the next arc? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This All is right. just a name. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, Nor... Lens. Nordia. Oh. Nordia. Nordia. That's cool. That's nice. Otherwise known as New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bougenith was so New Orleans-ish. Fair. Uh, so this is a small community called Nordia. I love it. Yeah, so if we uh, if we plow through here, it should be fairly straight uh, sails to Nordia. And we can, if nothing else, we can stock up and take some time to regroup uh wilson it it takes a little bit for him to uh notice that you're talking to him as he has fully invested himself in this puzzle hey he's hey hey wilson managed to find a a little bit like a tiny crescent of a corner hey wilson hey hey uh janet janet taps him on the shoulder hey bud (laughs) 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 you okay man I'm fine. Um, okay. Um, hmm? he was in his puzzle Where? mind palace. Oh, <laughs> hey. Uh, you seem to be really into this. Um, you, you sure you, you do? You want to like come back after you relay our uh, course? Oh, could I? I mean, get, knock. We're we're kind of in the middle of something, but yeah, feel free to come back and maybe help us out with an, uh, another corner. Uh, Wilson nods excitedly and dashes off. I hope this puzzle doesn't become a metaphor for how we need to collaborate with the entire crew in order to succeed. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Are you okay? I'm sorry I didn't ask. Jonnet, are you okay? I am. It's just that I saw his fleet Mm -hmm. and... It feels weird to say that I'm not worried now, but I know he's coming. He's going to come back because I saw it. And I don't know. I want to get ready, but I don't know how. And I don't know. 
Well, you don't need to worry about that today, huh? Try not to. It's just all fresh. It is. Guys, I parted water. Like, a lot of water. Like, like, like the seas. Like, it was, it was big. And, and, and that was, that was, it was me. And it was me. And like, and I did that. Like, and like, I'm, and not, we all, we all kind of crushed it oh. in a weird way. Well, you only get the one sticker, so keep, I'm not, I'm not trying to pull like, it back a little bit. It's, <sighs> No, but you did. I've never we did. felt that powerful before, you know. Oh, I found a corner. Oh, that's nice. And Travis found a corner. <laughs> <laughs> that's you. <sighs> I don't. It was a rush, you know. You're doing <sighs> so well. Listen. We are going to find something for you. I don't want you to worry about this. We're going to find some place for you to train, for you to become incredibly powerful. As I said many times before, neither me nor Travis can help you. The liquid swords. Yes, the liquid swords. Do you want to go there now? I mean, I I kind of do. I mean, I want to I want to talk. I want to talk with them. I I want to know more about them. I want to I want to find a like a book on them or, or their teachings or something like that. It's because there was, there was a moment where, where I kind of like found like a, a rhythm and it helped me calm down. And once I finally got that calm, I was just like more open. I don't know. I want to try and meditate more. I want to do a lot of things more here. Okay. Real quick question. Was there ever a moment where either of you guys kind of like keyed into like what you could actually do. And I know we're in like weird, trying, dangerous, always looking over our shoulders and backs times. But you ever think that like you can do something that so many other people can't and just lived in that? I don't know. I it feels weird to want to be excited about what I can do and what I have done and, and, and what is to come, even though I know, I know there's bad stuff, but also the good that can come of it. I don't want to always be ashamed of this thing. And he points to his head. I'm, it's, it's trying, it's difficult, but there can be some good that comes out of it. Does that make any sense? Gable is very pointedly looking out the window and away. I think I changed a little faster once. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted it real bad. Remember, you were with me. Right. Wasn't that cool? Wouldn't you want to do that again? Wouldn't you want to, like, put forth to practice that? Travis, what if you could transform whenever you wanted on a dime? On a what? Excited conversation fades away a little bit as we move our camera over to look at Gable and focus on Gable's gaze outside the window and the words that they are turning over in their mind. What did I do? Gable, what's going on in there? 
both me, the player, and Gable, the character, don't know what to do with this info. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm I'm truly at a loss for like how both like how to play it and what it means going forward because on one hand it's just like another secret that we have to deal with but on the other hand it is i I don't know what that means in the world is this something that we have to hide is this something that we have to like embrace and point and i was i was thinking about this before i don't think it suits anyone to keep it a secret from the crew so i i want to tell them because i think keeping secrets kind of like is the narrative but mm-hmm. i i'm truly at a loss of how to like play play this honestly then i think it might be wise for you to bring it to the people that you are closest to okay they're chattering excitedly i, I think travis it, you know travis is fantasizing about turning into animals and whatnot and Jonnet is goading him on because he thinks that's the coolest thing in the world and in his defense it kind of is. There's a difference between what you can do and what you're capable of. That snaps through the room like a shot, causing the excited conversation to die down. Something about the authority in Gable's voice. Jonet, I need you to listen to me. All right. You have tremendous power. And so far, you have used it for good. Power is not yours. It flows through you. You may not always be able to know what it can do or control what you can do. There's going to be a moment where it will... And Gable turns to Travis. Hmm? When we first met, what did I look like? I don't know. Naked? Naked, yes, I was naked. Big? Did I have the sword? No. How is it possible? What did I look like? Do me. (laughs) You looked like a bastard, same as always. (laughs) Okay. Gable is going to sit down in a big huff. So there was the ceremony, right? The joust. Tiberius died. You're welcome. I hope we never see a young blood again. Hope that never comes up. That's a weird way to say that. <laughs> Listeners can refer back to the interlude <laughs> episode. <laughs> there was a feather. We all know this. We saw it. Very excited for the furtherance of knowledge and my journey. It wasn't mine. It was not my feather. You both know there are lots of us. There used to be lots of us. Mm -hmm. I made a mistake. I touched something that wasn't mine and something happened. I remember, but so did Hildred. I don't know how. Hildred saw something of my past. For all I know, it's false. For all I know, it... (sighs) What emotion are they reading from Gable right now? Just so sad. Just so sad. Because there's no way forward from here that doesn't end in, like, either full isolation or of permanent death, you know? There's only so many ways that this can go. Mm. So... You see your friend Gable struggling with their words and obvious waves of sadness coming off them. Gable? So Jonnet is going to try to very slowly approach Gable. Um, you're still looking out the window, right? Yeah. Jonnet's going to try his best to walk up next to Gable 
kind of like slowly lean into your periphery vision again very calmly very carefully and just kind of like present his hand and try and just like put it on your shoulder gable i can tell you anything all right i've i i've i don't think i have any secrets from you and well you shouldn't you're a child (laughs) but what i'm trying to say is it doesn't do any good to just keep things in all right It, it just it messes feels like it messes you up it never makes me feel good and i don't know how much you're holding from me but you don't have to and if you want you can tell me anything and it won't leave this room and if you want we can plug the captain's ears so he won't hear it there's a flashback to a shared memory between all of you dreft's voice we have to trust each other Travis, can you plug the captain's ears, please? Captain, as your legal guardian, I request that you plug your ears. This appears to be important, though I doubt that it is. <laughs> uh, the captain winks. Okay, bye. Oh, I didn't expect anything. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Um, Gable takes Jonet's shoulder and squeezes it real hard as kind of a thank you. Ow. <laughs> What Hildred saw was, without details, there's no way to know if it's real, but I know better than to assume that it's not. We see Gable place their hand on Jonnet's shoulder and begin to talk about it, and we cut to another area of the ship very quickly. And once again, we return to the interior of the captain's chamber as the crew of the Uhuru responds to HR complaints. All right, let's see. The next one we've got in the box is written in all capital letters, and it says, Travis Matagost keeps stealing my clocks. Make him stop. Well, Travis, uh, you being a member of senior management, this is a pretty... Serious accusation leveled against you. I stole the clocks. What? But you can't just steal from people. Sounds like well, sure. problem solved. Uh, In violation of so many HR codes. Well, if they, if they, if they wanted them, they would have kept better track of them. Absolutely not. Who thinks like that? What do you mean? Everything I have is chained down or on my person. It is. Everything you have is chained down. That's true. Yes. One time I tried to borrow a pen from Travis, and there was a a, a fancy little device where uh, there was a weight on the counter. And when I tried to take the pen away, it was attached to a little series of balls that, or very small balls, that whenever I tried to pull in, it was very strong. I, I, I just couldn't take it away. Yeah, you know where I got that pen? Where? A bank. I stole it from a bank. Interesting. Oh, Travis, this is this is uh, worse than I thought. You might be a kleptomaniac. I have a more important question. 
than you any of your questions that you may have it, pretty much forever my questions are going to be the most important who is having a situation where they need so many clocks in the first place well i imagine if uh i had a clock let's say in this scenario overboard's got a clock overboard overboard is this about your clock no no i'm just pitching a hypothetical I scenario i think it's about your clocks overboard it's Someone's clocks, okay? I am an impartial HR overseer in this situation. This clock says Overboard's very special clock. Well... Yeah, you'll never guess where I got it. Where'd you get it? Overboard. Okay, okay, yes, fine. (laughs) My clocks have been stolen by Travis Madigo. Who's admitted it? Who's admitted it? Now, Mr. Gable, you're, you're, you're part of senior staff. I'll need you to reprimand Mr. Madigo. I'd like to see you try. See me try to mm-hmm. reprimand? Yes. I, okay. Well, let's think about it. Let's. What goes into a reprimand? There is the uh, chastisement. There is the, yes, the chastisement. Uh, acknowledgement of dereliction of duty. Oh, the acknowledgement of dereliction of duty. The part where I get to feel superior for my moral upbringing in which I was not at fault. Ay, yes, the there moral is... superiority. I hunger for it. What if what if what if I'm stealing these clocks to feed my family? Oh, then that's fine. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, what it's fine. family does Travis Matago have? This is the first time hearing of it. I thought we were speaking in hypotheticals. You're not claiming anyone is dependence on the farms. No, 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 no. Overboard, how many family members are you feeding with your clocks? Well, I mostly using them to tell the time. Hmm. On every one of these reports, I need to issue when it was received and when it was resolved. Well, unfortunately, I think Travis has the family members I, that he has claimed of were the clocks. I don't see that. You, if you want, first of all, obviously, of course, we have exceptions that allow theft within our HR code so long as it's to feed a family. Mm-hmm. Which yes, is why exactly. so many of the crew claim family members <laughs> in different various parts. I personally have three families. But Travis Matago hasn't claimed a single family. Mm. Well, that's a that's an entirely separate crime. So, and this this isn't about that. So, I think I'm clear on the clock thing. And if anyone wants to bring up the tax evasion, they can make a formal complaint relevant to that. Oh, no, we're going to have to audit the ship, Travis. You are going to have to audit the ship. I'm not doing anything. Oh, no, more paperwork for Overboard. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter at Tyler A. Dave, on Mainstage with Second City, or at IO with Devil's Daughter. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matago was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. 
This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. strangers who've ever been kind and once for our friends ne'er rise twice to the dearest we're leaving behind who know we can never deny the call of the sky